Welcome to Change Your Mindset Podcast, where it's all about believing in and executing on different and innovative ways to strengthen both your leadership and communication skills to help increase your success, and especially in today's disruptive business environment. One of the most effective ways of building stronger leadership and communication skills is by embracing the principles of improvisation. (laughs) Yes, that's right, improv. Your host, Peter Margaritas, is an improv virtuoso. He's also a certified speaking professional and a CPA, also known as the Accidental Accountant. Each episode of Change Your Mindset is designed to bring you different and innovative ideas, thoughts, and behavioral changes on a variety of differing topics, with the sole purpose of strengthening your critical soft skills. We may call them soft skills, but they are the hardest to master. And when we do, greater success and growth is the result. So jump in and start changing your mindset now. Let's start the show. New scripts, communicating and collaborating for better results, part two. One idea at a time. Have you ever watched preschoolers play with blocks? Whether playing alone with others, They typically focus intently on one block at a time, selecting it for its color or its proximity, sometimes examining or admiring it before putting it into use, then stacking each block on top of another until the towering stack gets so high and is so unstable that it just topples over. Or sometimes it's so fun to watch it fall that excess weight and instability aren't necessary and our little block stackers knock it over on purpose. And when the game of blocks is played between more than one child or with one child and an adult caregiver, both participants have an agenda. They each want to pick up a block and put it on the tower. And each one probably has an idea of what that tower is to look like when they're done. But invariably, keep building until they can't build anymore. A successful workplace relationship is built in the same way. One block at a time. First, collaborate then sharing, observing, and or listening, and building on each new block with a shared vision in mind. That is how you connect with other people, one block, one idea, one conversation at a time. We are more likely to succeed in our relationships when both parties can envision a common goal. Improvisation teaches us to set aside our personal agendas and ego and openly collaborate with our teammates using the philosophy of wait for it, wait for it. Yes, and there's that glue again. Yes, and successful people all intuitively do this in building strong relationships. They just don't realize they are doing it and using improvisation to make it happen. Indeed, many of the most successful improv leaders don't have an idea that they've mastered the art of business improv. And the best of the best are the ones, like you, who have actively chosen to apply the lessons of improv to the workplace interactions in a deliberate, strategic, generous way. Exercise seven, emotions. Emotional intelligence is one of the top five skills that leaders need to develop and continually develop. This kind of intelligence comprises self-awareness, social awareness, self-management, and relationship management. What follows is an emotions exercise that touches on all these topics and allows you to assess the emotions of others in a conversation and adapt to where they are emotionally in that present moment. The exercise begins with two people having a conversation about anything they choose. 
after about 10 or 15 seconds, the moderator, the boss, the coach, facilitator, randomly chooses an emotion, happy, sad, angry, enthusiastic, depressed, surprised, etc., and asks the participants to take on that emotion's body language and tone until a new emotion is introduced. The original topic of conversation should not change. If the pair started out talking about whether the company should introduce a bring your dog to work day, they must explore and continue the conversation in the mirrored emotions introduced. Vacillating from one emotional state to another, but never changing the subject, i.e. when emotions change to sad, the participant can't suddenly be talking about the grandma's funeral. The exercise lasts between three and five minutes with new emotions added at the will of the moderator. And the conversation must stay the same, but the mood and tone must switch to the motions introduced. You can go to my YouTube page, Peter A. Margaritas, CPA, CSP, Improv Biz Virtuoso, to watch a demonstration of this exercise. The purpose of the emotions exercise is to help you increase your emotional intelligence through the opportunity to see your colleagues demonstrating strong, defined emotions in a safe practice field without high stakes. We all need to be more self-aware of our emotions and become more socially aware of others' emotions. The best way to prepare for this? Practice. A leader's responsibility is to assess the team's emotional context, addressing those emotions that might be detrimental to the team's success and harnessing those emotions that fuel innovation and morale, all the while managing his or her own response to others' emotions and maintaining or improving the cohesiveness of the team. Before he became CEO of Second City Communications, the business solution division of the world-renowned improv comedy company, The Second City, Tom Yorton worked in corporate America where the art of improv is often poorly mastered or even understood. He had this to say about the connection between the corporate trenches and the art of improv. My experience, in fact, my scars are from bumping up against the same organizational hurdles that improv is so effective at helping companies get over. Challenges that include connecting with customers, engaging employees around change, moving into new markets, innovating new products and services, and working without a script. Business buzzwords and other white noise. We all have some favorite buzzwords we like to use at work and at home. And some we can't stand when we hear others say them. Most buzz phrases are trendy analogies or memorable metaphors that don't really mean much. They all create great imagery, but is it the kind of imagery that allows everyone to be on the same page? I can't even talk about business buzz phrases without choosing one. Think about a few of those common corporate buzzwords used in a lot of meetings and in emails during the day-to-day -day operation of most businesses. Do they create a clear path or is there just a buzz in the room? Here are some common buzzwords and what I think when I hear them. Benchmarking. I know I'm supposed to think about how our processes or people or products or service measure up to others, but I literally think of a marked bench, my photo on a bench at a bus stop. Back of the envelope or back of the napkin. I get it. It's about scribbling out a cool idea that's still rough and simple and doing so with such frantic energy that we sketch it out on whatever we can find, a torn envelope or a damp cocktail net. When I hear about colleagues working on business ideas and random scraps of paper, I think we must need more legal pads. Go the extra mile. I picture a sweaty dude, not disciplined, or a dedicated employee or business partner. Best practices. 
This reminds me of kindergarten, where we practice being our best selves. And it sounds a bit like a description of things we're supposed to do to demonstrate that we are polite, like caring enough to send a Hallmark card. None of these buzzwords mean anything anymore. Put too many of them in a conversation and listeners, if they're even listening anymore, tune out. They are empty words and provide very little clear direction that employees can rally behind. With no clear direction for colleagues to follow, stress increases and productivity goes down. It becomes everyone doing what they think best practices means. And I can pretty much guarantee that we're not all on the same page when it comes to the definition of best practices. What if we replace the jargon with simpler and more precise speech? A company that states the customer service policy as, we strive to provide top-notch service to all of our customers, might consider a more clear and actual commitment of, we listen to the customers and meet their expectations. Now take that a little further to layer on some processes and planning. Yes, and let's hold a quarterly brainstorming session with all the employees to think of ways we can show the customers we are listening. And thank you for listening and have a great day. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com. <laughs>